the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, we've had such a tremendous response to our new series on the trivia questions from the Bible that we have decided to continue this series. And with the Christmas season upon us, we're going to turn our holiday sights on, you guessed it, Christmas trivia. Uh, Trivia that will shock you, surprise you, and bless you. It will grow you and mature you. Tonight, Dr. Buckner brings us part 11 on the trivia questions from the Bible as they relate to the Christmas season. So stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be encouraged and blessed by our program uh, tonight. We want to encourage you to uh, get your pens and uh, paper and get ready to be blessed tonight with uh, these Bible trivia questions related to Christmas. And we're going to kick things off with the first trivia question. And the question is, how many uh, Bethlehems were there in Jesus' day? Well, most people would say that there was only one. Well, uh, history teaches and uh, in Israel teaches that there are at least two Bethlehems. That's something that's kind of like a shock to a lot of people when they hear that. The answer is that there was two Bethlehems. Now, let me talk about the first Bethlehem. The first Bethlehem was where the Messiah was born in the south. Notice, in the south near Jerusalem, uh, in the territory of Judah, the birthplace where Jesus was born, Ephrathat. Ephrathat. You hear some people sometimes saying Ephrathat sometime, and that's a, a key word for the area where Jesus was born. Secondly, there is another Bethlehem. What is this Bethlehem all about? Well, this is another Bethlehem that was in the north. This was in the north near Nazareth in the ter- territory of Zebulun. So that's interesting to know that there was two Bethlehems. Now, never forget that, and that's quite a trivia question that very few people know. Now, the next question is this one, and I want to spend a little time on this one because you wouldn't think that a candy cane would stir up so much mess today just over a candy cane, you know. What's with these people that got so much anger towards the things of God? You know, uh, we first attacked the fact that uh, we don't want to use the word Christmas, Christmas. 
And so we want to replace that with Xmas and happy holidays and season greetings. And uh, we want to do everything else to get rid of everything else that's related to Christmas. You know, there is the spirit. There is a spirit of the Antichrist at work today in our world. John talked about that in First John uh, 4, that there is a spirit of the Antichrist. And he talked about that throughout his epistles uh, as well. Now, we need to understand that this spirit of Antichrist is against everything that's related to Christ. And you remember Jesus said that they will hate you because they first hated me. So what's this uproar uh, about the candy cane? Well, uh, there was a um, principal, uh, elementary, uh, uh, I think it was a principal, yeah, I think it was a principal, uh, elementary principal in Omaha, Nebraska, who says we should ban the candy cane because, now listen to this, because of the J, because it has a J, a J shape, and that J shape stands for Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what uh, this elementary principal says. Um. And it's, you know, and the media has jumped on this and everything like that. Well, this this person is really creative in her own mind. She should get an A in her own mind because that is not what the original purpose of the candy cane. The candy cane, let me give you a little history on the candy cane. The candy cane used to be straight. It used to be like in a straight line. And then... About 250 years later, a man decided to uh, shape it in a uh, hook shape to represent what the shepherds were having as a hook. But this lady uh, put some more, even in her own sick way, creativity to this J upside down representing Jesus. So she's all upset, and they had to, you know— push her away from being a principal, and the school ended up saying this is not what we, she doesn't represent all of us and that sort of thing. But also the candy cane, this is another thing you need to know about the candy cane that has great significance. The red in the candy cane in its original purpose was to demonstrate the blood of Jesus Christ. Also, the other color in there, which is white, represented two other things, that Jesus is the light of the world, and secondly, he is the resurrection, because light uh, came in that grave, and Jesus came out as being as bright as the sun. But there is an uproar, and this uproar and this principle went as far as saying that uh, she doesn't feel that the students should be exposed to Christmas cards, uh, reindeers, uh, many other things uh, that relates to uh, Christmas. So pray for her. Pray for her. Something's bothering her. You know, and we know that Jesus is bothering her. She needs to turn her life to Jesus. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, there are so many attacks upon Christmas and Jesus and all of that. What are we going to do? Well, continue to share the gospel, the good news with people, pray for them, 
Don't you know that there has been a tax upon Jesus ever since his birth? Look at Herod. Herod went in to kill all the young boys two years and under. The church has been under attack since the birth of Jesus Christ. They wanted to take him out, and God came to Joseph in a vision and a dream and told him to go to Egypt. You know, that's one place that they would have never thought that Jesus and Mary was going. And yet, in the midst of Herod attacking Jesus and attacking all the boys and killing all those boys two years and and under, it was a genocide. He was the Hitler of the day, Herod. And don't you know that Hitler is dead, Herod is dead, All the enemies of Jesus in the past are dead, but Jesus is still alive. And he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he did, yet shall he live. Believe in Jesus because he's a living Savior. He's a living Lord. Amen to that. That's good news. That's something to shout about and to know this good news around the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, it is some good news for all of us to be blessed by and be encouraged by and never fail to uh, appreciate our Lord for all that he's done. Let me introduce this one, this question, and then what we'll do next uh, Saturday is get into it a little bit, okay? Question, next question is this. Do we see in Christmas or at Christmas time during the time of Jesus, do we see the Trinity at Christmas time? We do. The answer to that is we do. Don't you know that God has constantly been three in one from the creation of mankind? Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was there at the creation of man. He was also, they were also there when they were building the Tower of Babel. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit says in in, uh, Genesis 11, let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were there at the commissioning of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. You know, the Lord uh, said, whom should I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. Trinity. In the Old Testament all the way through, and when you get to the New Testament, you see the Trinity Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the birth of Christ. You say, where is that? Well, let me say this in closing. If you look in your Bible at Luke chapter 1, verse 35, Luke chapter 1, verse 35, and it says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit, that's one person of the Trinity, shall come upon thee, And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. That's the Father. That's another person of the Trinity. 
Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That's another person of the Trinity. The Trinity was there at the birth of Christ. And the Trinity is constantly seen throughout the New Testament, seen at the baptism of Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. Jesus went down in the water. The Holy Spirit ascended in the form of a dove. And a voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Trinity throughout the New Testament. And I can say more on this, and I'll touch on this more next week. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says regarding these Bible trivia questions related to Christmas. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We want to begin by thanking everyone who's been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without your diligent prayers, we would not be here on the air. We also want to thank those who gave this week, Sandra and Ken. Now, we are so thankful for Sandra and Ken, but we need more than two people giving each week to stay on the air. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and we can't do it without your help. We would really be blessed if you would send us a card or a note and tell us how much this program is blessing you. Also, you can send us a Christmas card to help us financially to stay on the air. Uh, most radio programs struggle around the Christmas time, so we really need your help as well. We just want to encourage you that uh, if God has blessed you to be able to give above the tithe and uh, has placed it on your heart to listen to this program uh, week to week. Some of you have been listening for a very long time and have yet to give. And now's the time. We really need your support to continue to do the work that God has called us to do. Uh, there's two ways to give. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go on your laptop or your smartphone or your tablet. Go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity and you will help us and partner with us and keep this vital program on the air. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements. And we want to say uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And uh, we trust that you are having an awesome time, uh, you know, with the Lord and doing all the other things that surrounds him. It's all about his presence over the presence. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Gary, let's get to our phone callers because we know people are anxious to call in and get some answers. Well, we're going to go to a very familiar voice uh, over the airways. Brother Rick Weinstein has been patiently waiting. How are you doing, Brother Rick? I am blessed. I learned uh, something new today on what? Bethlehem. So yeah, I what did you learn? There are two Bethlehems. Amen. I didn't know about the, I forgot about the one in Zebulon. Yes. All so, right. Uh, that's a 
And the other one we're, we're familiar with is being the city of David and the city of Christ. Yes. Well, that's the thing that uh, makes this program unique and one of a kind is that we help people to uh, learn some things that they've never learned before. And we uh, thank God for the, you know, the studies and research and the knowledge he's given me to be able to help people discover new truths and everything. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. You know, we always uh, appreciate people calling in and say, you know, I learned something new today tonight so we appreciate that and uh, what's on your heart tonight i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up a uh, subject uh, which is going on right now we're going to the final days of hanukkah mm-hmm. and one of the things uh, we jews is uh, know, know as a tradition is that we we, we we celebrate for eight days because the uh, the lights in the uh, rededicated temple lasted for eight days but you mentioned some details the other day which were really fascinating, and I think it would be really great to share those details about the uh, light, the oil that was used to keep the lights burning for eight days. All righty. Well, thank you, Brother Rick, for calling in. I'm glad that you were touched by what I shared. You know, Rick is a Jewish brother that came to know the Lord, and, um, you know, he's been with us in ministry for 20 years. He used to be our phone counselor and uh, I've discipled that brother in the Lord, and uh, we appreciate uh, him calling in and keep him in your prayers because he's, he'll share with you what he's been going through on a physical plane. Uh, but, yeah, we had a discussion the other day about Hanukkah, and uh, Rick is very knowledgeable in that subject, being a Jew and being raised up as a Jew. But I said something to him that uh, touched him, and he said, I never heard that before, Dr. Bruckner, so I'll share it with you guys. Uh, Antiochus um, Epiphanes, he was a evil Greco-Syrian uh, leader uh, that, uh, you know, came into the uh, temple and just uh, blasphemed it and just uh, desecrated it. And uh, he just did a lot of things, even uh, rather than putting a lamb, uh, shedding the blood of a lamb, he killed a pig and slaughtered the blood over the altar. And then uh, if you read the history of Josephus, uh, he said that uh, Judas Maccabean said his men celebrated a great feast that lasted uh, eight days, which uh, continued. we continue to observe up to this present day, known also as the Festival of Lights uh, or Hanukkah today. Uh, Unfortunate today, a lot of uh, uh, Jewish people and people, Christians in general, uh, and people are just ignorant regarding Hanukkah and the significance of it. And now there was uh, no oil except for enough oil to last for one night because what happened was this uh, wicked leader came in uh, and contaminated all the oil. And uh, so there was no oil except for enough oil to last for one night. But God did perform a miracle. And the small amount of oil continued to burn for eight days and nights. And now this is a miracle that very few people know about. This was a miracle in history that God uh, did for Hanukkah. And it is interesting that uh, Hanukkah is talked about uh, in the Gospel of John, and Jesus talked about Hanukkah, 
and he pointed back with uh, desecration of the temple, and Jesus pointed back to that, and he pointed forward as well uh, when he talked about the abomination desolation uh, prophesied by uh, Daniel. Now, one other note about this as well is that this that is significant that prophecy is so real it's part of the truth of scripture, but the Bible is divine because all of this stuff that started with Hanukkah and the prophecies and all that goes all the way back to Daniel and Daniel was inspired by God to prophesy all of these things. And it came to pass, and more things are coming to pass, even pointing to the birth of Christ. And one day, uh, Christ is going to put all the kingdoms of the world under his feet, be trotting under the feet of Jesus Christ. So my thing is to challenge people, and Rick has said this as well, to learn the history of Hanukkah, to learn the background, and to learn this about Hanukkah, people talk about Hanukkah and they exclude Jesus. You cannot exclude Jesus out of this because he's the central theme of the Old Testament and New Testament, and he's the central focus of Hanukkah. And I want to really challenge people to stop being biblically illiterate regarding this subject matter. So hopefully that uh, gave some insight to this, and I know it blessed you, Rick, and I trust that it will bless the people out there that's heard it tonight. Yeah, and, and, and another thing to just uh, just to add to that, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Antiochus, Antiochus uh, they called him Epiphanes in history books, but the Jews called him Epimamis, which means madman. Mm-hmm. He, he, is, he is actually a type of Antichrist. He is the type of Antichrist that will be coming in the future. So Hanukkah points out, I mean, we celebrate Christmas for the first coming, but we celebrate Hanukkah for the second coming. And Jesus Jesus says, remember my death and remember my return mm-hmm. every time we do a communion. So, that, that is so true. And, and that's something, what you're talking about right there, Rick, is so important because a lot of times— uh, what happens is uh, people forget that part of it as well, that uh, this guy was a typology of the future Antichrist. Now, if a person is a, a partial preterist, uh, which some Bible teachers are, they're going to put everything pointing back to the Antichrist being with 70 A.D. Uh, we believe in local prophecy and future prophecy that this is going to be a future thing of the Antichrist coming. And uh, so I'm glad you brought that out as well, because that's a great point as well. Um, And what we'll do with your other question, we'll pick that up next time just to give uh, people, other people a chance to call in. Um, What is um, on your heart regarding prayer requests? And we want to pray for you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what started out as a prayer request last week is being answered right now. I just want to say that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And yesterday I got, got the biggest surprise. I got my prosthesis. Amen. That's good news. That is very good news. I'm, I'm, a, I'm beginning to walk again. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, right now I just, want to, I just want to make this a praise report today. 
and still and still continue to pray because anything. I mean, life happens, stuff happens, and miracles happen. So I, I I'm just learning to stay humble about it right now, and I just want to, I just I want to pray of thanks today. Amen. Well, let's have Gary to pray around that prayer uh, request and just uh, praise report as well. Brother Gary. All right. So, Lord, we just rejoice with Brother Rick today, Lord God, for with this praise report that he got his prosthesis. And, Lord God, we just thank you for Rick as a shining example, Lord God, of faith, a shining example of endurance, a shining example of grace that you've put upon his life, a shining example of a man filled with your joy in spite of great challenges. And, Lord God, we just look to him as an example, and we thank you for that example, Lord God, because he's always joyful. He's always full of of life for you, and we just thank you, Lord God, and we just pray, Lord God, that you would lift him up, Lord God, that you get him back on his feet, Lord God, that you would restore his health, Lord God, that you would bless him, and, Lord, encourage him, Lord God, mightily. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call and your a good question there. We trust that a lot of people got blessed by it as well. Thank you, Gary. Oh, yeah. You, you got it. I always I was like, like to mention your name and top of Dr. Buckner as well. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that text during the week. Oh, right. Did you get that text I sent you? Yes, I did. All right. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Amen. All righty. God bless. I have another one for you, too, later on. All right. <laughs> God bless. All right. All right. Uh, who do we have next, uh, Joe? Yep, we're going to go to Joe. How are you, you doing, Joe? Hi, this is Joe. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Is this your first time calling? This is my second time calling. Oh, okay. Well, we appreciate you calling a second time. And what's on your heart, my brother? I was wondering, in when, uh, in heaven, will we have free will? And if we do have free will, will we uh, have the opportunity to lose our salvation because of it? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, we will uh, uh, have free will, but that free will will be purified. It will be sanctified in such a way that we will be so holy and so righteous because of Christ that we will not have a will to rebel ever again. Now, the reason why I say that is because of this. And, and, and hear this closely, because First John 3 and 2 says, It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We'll be like him in such a way that Jesus never sinned and couldn't sin, and we're going to be so much like him that we could never sin. The free will that we will have will always be a will to serve him, to glorify him. And the other thing that's important with that as well is that we will have incorruptible bodies, that this corruptible must put on incorruptible. See, we were born with corruptible bodies in this uh, cosmos. So we will have incorruptible bodies uh, in heaven. We will be sanctified and glorified like Christ's body, and then also, there, thirdly, there will be no devil in heaven. There will be no corrupt flesh in heaven. 
and there will be no corrupt world. So we'll be so much like him that we will desire only to serve him, to worship him, and never again to rebel against him because we'll be so much like him. Yes, thank you. That's uh, I was wondering, because I wanted you had mentioned about the devil. I was thinking, you know, the devil in heaven and being cast out. So that's why I was kind of wondering, you know, like if we can do something to upset God with that free will question. No, no, that that was an exceptional situation uh, with the, the devil. Uh, but God has it locked in for us where that would never happen ever again because we'll be so much like him. So that's a good question, and hopefully this answer has helped you as well. Yes, it does. I, I appreciate taking my call with your time on this as well. You got it. Call us back again with another good question because you, you bring some good ones, and I know it not only helps uh, us to hear your heart, but it helps others as well out there that's listening. And keep us in prayer and get some people out there to support us so we can continue to do what we're doing. Thank you. God bless you. All right, and Merry Christmas to you. You too. Thank you. All righty. All right. We're going to go to a break, and then after that, we'll get to the next uh, question uh, coming up. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we just want to thank you all for praying for this ministry, as well as partnering with us financially. It, it does require 400 a week for us to remain on the air. And uh, we just had two folks step up to the plate last week and give, and we need a lot more than two people. And we're thankful for those two, don't get me wrong. But we know we have a lot of folks listening to this broadcast, and there are many, many, many people who have been blessed by contending for the faith over the years and have never given. Now is the time. It's Christmas time, and we're thinking about gifts and giving, and what better time to express that giving spirit than to give to a ministry like Contending for the Faith. There's two ways you can give. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. You know, we always encourage folks to send us a note of encouragement, and we have a letter that came in. We're going to read it to you tonight. It says, Dear Dr. Buckner, I agree with what Cece said on the phone a while back. I, too, look forward to contending for the faith. It's the best program on the radio and so uplifting, and it gives us a lot of meat to chew on. I need this. I also like that contending is a community of believers who pray for each other just like at church. Thank you for all that you do, and thank the other staff as well, Gary, Jim Clark, etc. Have a very Merry Christmas and a joyous celebration of our Savior's birth. Signed, Sandy. What a beautiful note. We really appreciate that note from Sandy. It's such an encouragement. It really is, Brother Gary. And I'll tell you, this is the thing that really touches us when people uh, write notes like this and just uh, bless our heart and encouragement because we need it too. And then she sent a nice donation along with that. Mm -hmm. And she's been faithful in her giving and... And she just says, I agree with Cece. 
This is one-of-a-kind program, and we thank the Lord for God using us to touch people and to give, convict them in that area like that. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go to our next caller. Jermaine's been waiting patiently. Jermaine, are you there? Brother Jermaine. Oh. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing very well. And Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Yes, sir. Amen. We trust that you got uh, blessed by some of the things that were said. I hope that you got a chance to hear the beginning of the program. Yeah, I did. I was uh, I was especially blessed by the last question and answer uh, that you just did from the uh, previous caller. I, that's a that was an excellent question. It just has you think of those things that that you all hear about all the time. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. And the family doing well? Yeah, everybody's doing well. We're all healthy and, and doing very blessed. Well, that's a good news right there. Good news. And what's uh, on your heart tonight? What type of question you have on your heart tonight? Well, I had a question about the um, the uh, missionary that was killed down in the Sentinel Islands uh, a few weeks ago. And I know it's caused a bit of controversy, and they got people really talking on whether or not his approach was correct or not, and what his motivation was. And for me, it's kind of a paradox. I'm kind of conflicted because it, it seemed like he broke a lot of laws to get to the, the country and did everything he could to reach the people. And not knowing his history or motivation, I'm not going to judge that, but it seems like I guess they tried to kill him one time before he got injured, and then he returned. And, you know, it was uh, pretty much the he was alluding in his letters, his last letters he left, that he could indeed be killed, and if he was, he prayed for God to forgive him. And, you know, eventually that happened. I was just wondering, I, I know that people have successfully been missionaries to foreign countries where their lives were at risk. And I, I think of the movie, the uh, book, movie, End of the Spear, where some of the happened, but it just seemed like the approach was different. I wanted to know, did this match the biblical format for for what a missionary should do? Because it seems like in the Bible you see the Lord sending people out in twos, making sure they're prepared and ready to go. And I keep thinking of the scripture that uh, Christ said when when someone doesn't receive you to brush the dust off your feet and move on. I just wanted to hear your take on this, Dr. Buckner, because it, it is kind of conflicting for me and a lot of other people. Right. That's a good uh, question, and I, I'm uh, familiar with the story and everything like that. I was talking a little bit to Gary about uh, this situation as well. Uh, well, first and foremost, we really uh, thank God for people like this missionary who has a burden on his heart to reach uh, people that are natives and uh, and a compassion for that. Uh, he really had a strong compassion uh, to reach those people, uh, and uh, he felt deep down inside his heart that uh, this is something that God was telling him to do, and uh, he didn't want to deter from that even though he almost died the first time. Um, so we uh, appreciate his endeavor and his uh, willingness and conviction in his heart to want to reach the people. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I believe that the Lord has given us uh, a biblical common sense that uh, when a certain country has laws and they have these certain laws that uh, 
they don't want anybody invading that area, and he got warned once and he almost died. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, if you think about it, the Apostle Paul uh, was in uh, danger in certain areas, and and if you if you do a study on the Apostle Paul's life, you know he got beat down many different times for going to certain areas, and he got beat down. I think this is a parallel to the Apostle Paul. He got beat down several times in one place, and then the Lord uh, came to him in a vision and told him not to go there anymore. Um, and Paul took heed to the Holy Spirit speaking to him. And so it would have behooved this missionary uh, after the first time uh, to uh, say, you know, look, you know, I've tried uh, to go there. I got wounded bad the first time. The second time I'm going to try to do something where maybe I can uh, get somebody who uh, speak that language, uh, something like that, and try to get uh, some type of communication over there uh, through uh, some other means uh, to do that. Uh, but to uh, break the laws of those people that the Indian people have allowed them to establish, uh, I think it's uh, to a certain degree, uh, you know, we have laws in our land, and we have laws certain places, and you just don't want to break the laws of the land and break the laws of other countries and other people. And those people over there, they have been, uh, if you study their history, the reason why they are so mistrusting of people because they've had people come over there and mistreat them and dog them, and so they got to the point mm-hmm. where they simply say, we don't want anybody over here but our own people, and if you come over here, we're going to kill you. So um, there's there the gospel now, even though it's very hard in that area, the gospel now is is um, going all across the world through many means, radio and uh, TV, and even though those people are natives, but we have to remember this this thing, okay? Um, how does, and this kind of, this is what I would have said to the, the, the missionary, if I would have had a chance to talk to him, I would have said, how does God reveal himself to, uh, mankind, whether you be a native or somebody, uh, other than a native. So, so there are three ways that God reveals himself, right? And you know what the three C's are? No, I don't recall what the C's Okay, so Romans chapter 1 says, the first C, God reveals himself in creation. And then Romans chapter 2 says God reveals himself in the second C, the conscience. And then Romans 3 says God reveals himself with the third C in Christ. So those who are not exposed to the gospel, what I would have told the missionary those who are not exposed to the uh, gospel or somebody verbally telling them, God works through the conscience, and he convicts people through the conscience. Because the Apostle Paul says in um, the book of Acts, uh, Morris Hill, right? He says, he's not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. So God can work through a person's conscience, even though they don't be exposed to the gospel. 
And there's people who have been uh, pygmies, uh, cavemen, who have gone to a pool of slime and water, and they've looked in there, and some of them are worshiping the moon, and they all of a sudden they look in the pool of slime and say, you know what, I didn't make this. Whoever you are up there, I believe in you. And the moment they say that, they, they have a relationship with God. So sometimes if I would have had a chance to talk to the missionary, I would have said, you know what, even if you can't get over there, God can. <laughs> God can get over there through their conscience. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and God can bring that conscience to this, the, the Romans chapter 2. He can bring that second conscience to the first conscience, which is they see God in creation because even God's Godhead, according to Romans chapter 1, is seen in creation. So my big thing is who was, who was discipling this missionary? Who was training him? Who was um, equipping him? Because you just can't be thrown out there with a zeal not according to knowledge. So hopefully some of this that I'm saying to you is uh, is of some help. Yeah, I think it's a tremendous help. And uh, yeah, I don't want to ever sound like I'm condemning the young man. I, I know, and I, I agree, I, I equally I admire his passion. At the same time, I do think some of it was misguided. And in this situation, I can't say either party is wrong, because one party is ignorant of uh, laws as we know, and then the other party seemed to have... He seemed to have it on his heart to be he be the one to go down there and convert the whole island. So I agree with you. Next time, I think he'd be better off applying that same passion and energy to prayer and supporting other people till someone else has a revelation to, to go down there in twos or find someone who speaks the language. Yeah, until they, get, until they get to the place where they open up the the area where he can go over there. But he got to trust God through prayer, and trust God through God working through that conscience, that he can convict those people through the conscience. But, you know, those people are spear experts. You go over there, right. and you're going to get a spear right through the heart and through the head. You've you got to right. use common sense now, especially, you know, when, uh, you know, God, they got laws in their land. Well, anyway, hopefully that's a good call and a good question. So I appreciate that. And and I trust God uh, gave you some additional insight to use. But remember those three C's and and share that with people. They, a lot of times, just got to trust God. He can work with people that never hear the gospel. He can work right. with them. Amen. And it's happened. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Look All right. Well, at. Thank you, guys. God bless. You. Yeah. All right. Okay. God, God bless. bless you too. We got enough time for. Let's him. try to hit Deborah. Deborah, how you doing? Hi. How are you? Well. Uh, you know, uh, joy stands for Jesus, others, and yourself. That's it. In the right order. You got it right. in the right order. That's it. Amen. That's uh, the gospel. Yeah. What's and what's on your heart? We want to before the time is up. I want to use our time wisely with you, and then we want to have a moment of prayer with you. Well, continue to pray for. Um, uh, um, um, the Lord brought a miracle. Uh, my current provider is, we're getting along better. We have better communication and understanding. That was a miracle. And um, continue to pray for me that these spasms will go away and never return. I'm praying for that because they're really painful. Uh, but 
um, so far, I've been able to enjoy it. Amen. And we tried to get a hold of you. Um, I don't know if Rick called you, but we tried to get a hold of you uh, two times, and your phone just ring. Your answer machine is not working? Uh, yeah, it is. But when I'm on the phone, it, it won't pick up a message, so I don't know someone's yeah. on the phone, you know, and so I hang up, you know. Okay. Well, we'll keep in contact with you, but let's just uh, lift you up around these uh, prayer requests right now and uh, with, with the little time we have left. Brother Gary? Amen, Lord. We just thank you for Sister Deborah, and Lord, she's endured so much through her life. And we just pray right now that you would touch her, Lord God, especially in the area of these spasms, Lord God, that they would just cease, that you would just give her relief, Lord God, from these things. We just rejoice that she's getting along with her care provider, and we pray that you would just continue to bless them, to have a good, solid relationship. And we pray, Lord God, that you meet every need that's represented in her life, Lord God, that you would continue to encourage her, continue to bless her, and continue to ever always have a, uh, an amazing sense of your presence with her. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If possible, I'd like to have a meal with you sometime um, before or after. Mm-hmm. Nancy sounds like a wonderful cook. And I'd like to try some some of her specialties, Brother Brother Beckner. All right. Well, my, my wife is a tremendous cook, and uh, she can uh, really cook it up, and uh, she learned a lot from my mother. My mother's still alive. She's 92, but okay. she doesn't cook anymore, but she mentored Nancy, and Nancy can make some mean food. I'm sure she can. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I'm yes. I forward to meeting you, Gary. Excellent. I, I I love your compassion and your the Lord's mercy and kindness in you. Well, and thank you. It just blesses me. Thank you. Well, we're going to try to get by there to see you with the whole staff. We're kind of waiting for Rick to get a little bit better, and we're going to surprise you and bring you by some soul food. Well, we have to go right now, but thank you for your call, and Lord bless you, and we'll get a hold of you. Brother Gary. All right. We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you. Our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program, it's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.